on the Rebel Sports Network. From Learfield, this is the Marcus Arroyo Show, brought to you by Fenley Chevrolet. Fenley Chevrolet is your home of the Woo, located on the 215 Beltway between Rainbow and Jones. And by Dos Equis, a proud sponsor of UNLV Athletics. Get a Dos. Enjoy Dos Equis responsibly. This is your home for the UNLV Rebels. Now, here are your hosts, Caleb Herring and the voice of the Rebels, Russ Langer. All right, here we go. Going into week six, Marcus Arroyo radio show. Steve Cofield, John Von Tobel in for Caleb and Russ. And we're going into a massive game on Friday at San Jose State. We'll break down the Spartans in just a little bit. The coach is here with us. Coach, 4-1. and 4-1. and one. How does it feel? 4-1, baby. Feels good. Feels good. Real good to get, 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 get where we're at right now. Uh, guys are excited uh, getting about, you know, getting about midseason and uh, continue to work, man. Continue to work. Guys did a nice job coming uh, today and, and yesterday to work and, and, and working their tail off like, they, like they've done. And uh, to be in our spot, we're excited. Did you take any time to enjoy the victory uh, shortly after the game, maybe Sunday morning? And any, any chilling and enjoying it? Yeah, I mean, a little bit. I had, I had a few hours in the morning there. I go get a, I get donuts for my daughter after after the game in the morning. She she holds me holds me hostage to that. <laughs> it's go. like you know, one eyes open in the morning to make sure I'm doing my job there at post game. So, uh, but there's not much. We we move on. Uh, we enjoyed it as a staff there that night. I uh, had a little bit in the morning, and then uh, we got all right on to San Jose and, and getting healthy and, and getting our game plan going. By the way, I had my day screwed up. I guess it would have been Saturday morning since it was a Friday game, right, John? Yes. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. Saturday morning. Yeah, it kind of threw me off, too. Yeah. So, you, <laughs> Marcus, you're you're pretty militant in terms of, like, hey, win each day, move on, work, work, work. It's something you always say. Like, it, There's got to be a balance, right, to enjoying the success but also staying focused on the overall goal of winning on a day-to-day basis? Yeah, no, that, there, there is, and I don't want to make it seem that way because there's too often in our, in our coaching world where we, you know, that – like you said, that that militant diet, but just get back in there and go. I I, I used to be that way. I've, I've changed in a lot of ways, to be honest with you. Um, and, and that and there's there's I, there's there's a lot to be uh, a lot to be had after a victory, and, a, and, a, and there is a balance to life. Um, and, and I'd be the first one to tell you I've done a better job in my recent years than than the past year. So I don't want to make it assume like I'm in bed at one and up back over here at four in the morning, like, like I, like I would be. Uh, but we are, we do, we do celebrate it. We do enjoy it. Um, we, we, we make sure we break it down and, and emphasize the things that really went good. And the reasons why we're doing good, I think are important is probably the best way to, to celebrate it is, Hey, what, what is it that we're doing? Well, why are we creating this, the, 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 the movement and the energy and, and the growth that we're having and, and analyze that, how we practice and how we feed and how we training, um, are we getting enough rest? So on and so forth. So I think those are all the reasons that those, those get me excited. Those are, those are exciting for me because those are really, you know, the, the seeds to everything. Your guys are learning how to win and they're learning how to win in different ways. What does it do for the team moving forward that you guys came back from a 17, nothing deficit? I mean, it's just huge. I, you know, I think that the character and the resiliency, the grit, the belief, I mean, the patience, the ability to adjust, um, there's just a lot of things, Steve, that I think, you know, that are coming to light for us as, as, a, as a team um, as we're growing, you know, going into going into game six. And um, I do I attribute that to the coaches. Number one, I attribute that to to the to our personnel off the field that takes care of our guys, uh, to our preseason mindset, to our team building time to when, when players are together and they really have to lean on each other. Um, our, our nutrition, I mean, our, our recruiting, our depth, um, the way we practice, I mean, 
I mentioned all those because those are those are the predicates to kind of put yourself in position when you're in those to, to follow through and finish. And and those are the cornerstones of our program and what we really wanted to set into the ground. Um, and it's really good to see that that tide change um, in, in how we're growing. So there's there's coming back from 17 and there's coming back from down 17 the way you guys did it. I, I would assume like when you have Daniel kicking the field goals that he did, having backup wide receivers coming into a game and filling their roles, having your defense adjust and, and do a, put forth a really good effort in the second half. Is there an added bonus to a win like that, not only just coming down from 17, but having a full team effort? Yeah, for sure. I mean, and and I think that you, you can kind of see that and you can feel it on our sideline. You saw a little snippet of it last year when we didn't break in any of those any of those moments. And that was a I said it then and I'll say it again. That was when I really knew that we got a team that wants to believe in each other. Now we just have to take that next step and to see guys step up, go in the game. After Calvin Sauter's making plays after Nick goes down, Nick's in because we're down another guy have Goot to do his job, and everyone knows Goot's going to, you know, hey, we believe in you, Goot, go bang, you know, 340-plusers. And, and uh, you know, and I think that those are those were awesome, man. I think that those really do, they add a fire and a spark to kind of, you know, let's keep going, keep chipping away. And, and the self-talk and the attitude and being neutral and never negative, I mean, a lot of the stuff we, we preach, man. There's so many big moments in a, in a win, you know, like the game against New Mexico and, you know, Doug Brumfield getting whacked on the sidelines, you know, for him to get up and go back in and play the rest of the way is a big deal because, you know, the, the first couple of years of your program, you had, you had trouble having quarterbacks just finish the game. When you were in that zone, what did you see as the tackle was made? And then what are you thinking? Because I know you, you were fired up. Then, you know, Doug's on his back for a second. That was a crazy situation. Yeah, I mean, more than anything, it's just uh, – and I know there's going to be, you know, it's going to be sixes, whoever's going to believe what that play was. But I think – there, you know, we were all we were all trained and, and we all had our training as coaches this offseason and all have our referees training about how you now the rule is they got to kind of usher guys out. That's kind of the word they use to usher guys on the sideline. We had one go against us at Cal that Noel was a part of. Um, and it is it's a safety deal as guys start to get close to the sideline. And, and we're all trying to play with high effort. And I know that that, that, that young man on their side was just trying with high effort. But. It wasn't what what they're going to rule, and so they, they had the rule. And more than anything, I think it was just the reaction more than anything that that that, that kind of was like, hey, this isn't part of the game. You know, the standing over guys, the talking on, barking on the sidelines, and all that stuff that happens. Those are the things that that I'm trying to minimize for our guys. And so I was just trying to keep being be in the middle of all of it, get our guys separated, get their guys back over. And I tell you, I was just a, I was really really proud of the way our guys responded. There, there was no penalty on, on us, and. And uh, there was some chirping for sure. It's the, it, that's a heated moment now, and that's your quarterback, and you see it all over at every level. You saw it in the NFL. You saw it on. You saw it in college football the other day. I mean, there's there there's certain moments like that that, that get emotional, and you've got to be able to restrain yourself and do what's right. And I was proud of our guys and the way they did it. Your group kept it together. You just mentioned that uh, at the Monday press conference, we were talking to Doug Brumfield and Cam Oliver, and Brumfield starts here and asking uh, both guys, "Hey, how'd you keep your cool?" It's really not being about us individually, but us as a team. You can't let those those things that bother you as a person affect the team. You, you do something that may hurt the team, get a flag, that's hurting the team, but it's it's selfish. It's really a selfish act. So really just try to stay away from those selfish actions. Just do what's best for the team every time you get in one of those situations. Discipline comes into that. You know, we knew that a team was going to come in here and they were going to talk mess and they were going to they could give us our give us our best shot, like I said earlier. So we know we know it was going to happen. Just making sure that guys keep their head and keep keep cool and keep disciplined. 
and everyone jumped up to defend Doug Brumfield. Uh, and I got to mention, you work on the sidelines. I look over to my right, and all of a sudden, uh, Naki Fahina is on the scooter, and he's scooting out to, you know, near the sideline. I'm like, whoa, okay, what's going on here? But Doug Brumfield mentioned, hey, you know what? <laughs> Naki's going to be the first guy to be involved defending the rest of us. Yeah, I mean, it is. It's a close knit group. I mean, they've put a lot of they put a lot of time together, man. There is a lot of you guys have known, and, and a lot of people who've been around us long enough here for the time we've had our chance to be put our hands on these guys know how much they've been through together um, and how close they've become. And so um, it's good to see. I'm glad nothing came of it. I'm glad, I'm glad guys are backing themselves. I'm glad there's restraint, and I'm glad guys understand that there there's a selfishness to it, and uh, we're not going to cross that line. Marcus Oreo Radio Show, Steve Cofield, John Von Tobel here on this Tuesday. Let's talk about what's made a big difference this year, because I know you mention all the time the fractions, that, that 2% that maybe you, you couldn't execute last year that you're executing now in a 4-1 to one start. And I wanted to mention something specific from last year's San Jose State game. In terms of execution, at the end of the game, you guys had a shot but I'm sure you remember this well. There was a protection issue, and I would assume you know that when you know Harmon came in and, and really got Cam Friel. Uh, I'm sure you know that's one of those moments that you mentioned in terms of teaching moving forward. Like we got to get these little things right because they can turn into really big things. No, there's no doubt, and and you heard me mention that endlessly. And I'm sure that you know a lot of people in, in the moment, you know, and, and I, I don't want to speak for anybody. But what happens is you feel like, oh, that's. There it is again, but that's not it. That, that's, that's, that's growth. Those are lessons that we have to learn from. That's the first time together in learning how going fast and tempo in a two-minute drill to win the game and empty with a freshman quarterback and how protection needs to get changed and communication in a loud environment versus a team that's been together a long time. That was a perfect example. Hey, man, this is why we do what we do in a two-minute drill and why we're so adamant and crazy and, and perfectionist about it because of that. Well, We've had moments like that this year where we've where we've corrected those, and it's really good to see. It's really good to see some of the adjustments we've made, how quickly we've made them in game, halftime, um, so on and so forth. So um, it is, man. You get seventy plays, and if you can find, you know, like we have, and where we go through the fine tooth comb, if you can find three to four plays, that in itself is it. That's the two to three percent. And so, you know, we're, we're we're trying to make sure that those guys, and you can tell our team understands the importance of it because they're, we're not wasting time fixing things. Um, they're not hanging their head. They're playing one play at a time, and they're communicating well. The coaches are doing a really a, a fantastic job of getting right on top of things when teams throw us new things, and uh, it's good to see. Marcus Arroyo, radio show is brought to you by SNWA. Rebel fans, Lake Mead is at historic lows, so change your watering clock to the three assigned days this month, and next, it's the law. Find your fall mandatory watering days at SNWA. Com. Before we take a break, I wanted you to address something real important here, and that's putting the work in off the field. And I heard you mention, hey, sometimes you can get away with not putting in the work, but essentially you're a fraud if you do that. And you may get away with it, but in the end it's kind of fraudulent. you got to work to make sure that the final product is going to be great. Yeah, I mean, we believe in that. You know, it's, it's funny. We, we've preached that for a long time, and then, uh, you know, a little story we had actually – I had Lindy come talk to the team right before we came in, right as we ended camp. Um, our, our women's basketball coach, who's fantastic, as we all know, as good as it gets. And and uh, we came in around the same time, and I, I respect everything she's done and, and what she does. And I actually come talk to the, our football team a little bit, you know, and she's been – she's from here. She played at a high level. She's coached at a high level. We've seen you know, a lot of things together at, at similar levels before we got here. And so I respect a lot of ways. She, she hit home on that as well with our guys. It was really good to hear. And so – I actually, I, you know, I actually use her a lot and remind our guys, man, that that's, 
you can only fake it for so long. I say, hey, you heard it from her too. You heard it from me. You heard it all the time. You can only fake it for so long in, in, in football and in life and in school or whatever you're doing. That's just our opinion. You can only fake it for so long before you get exposed because usually when you're doing that, you're just hoping that something that everything goes right. And then if it doesn't, you usually make an excuse for it or whatever the case may be when, in fact, you were just unprepared. And uh, for us, that's not the life we want to live, man. And, uh, you know, we want to make sure that, that every moment we've got is one we take advantage of. And you got to make sure that, that, that we're doing putting in the work because you can't fake it, man. It's just too it's too pressure set. There's too many situations that come up and they'll reveal themselves. And, and, and you can't afford that. And, and I think we use the examples from last year and, and not that we we're faking it. Just if something's going to come up and your name's going to call. You just don't know when. And you got to put the work in and believe you can get in. On the way back, we're going to talk about uh, this big recruiting group that came in, Group of 30, and a bunch of those guys have put in the work, and they're contributing. You're listening to the Marcus Arroyo Radio Show right here on the UNLV Sports Network on Learfield. It's the UNLV Football Coaches Show with head coach Marcus Arroyo on ESPN Las Vegas. Back here on the Marcus Arroyo Radio Show, John Montobel, Steve Cofield, along with the coach. The show is brought to you by Pueblo Medical Imaging, the friendly staff at Pueblo. Medical Imaging is eager to take care of all your radiology needs and Offer same-day, next-day availability with top-of-the-line state-of-the-art equipment. They're open seven days a week with early morning and evening appointments to accommodate all patient schedules. So, Coach, you know, a lot of these uh, new guys, it's funny you talk about this tight-knit group, but this class of 30 that you bring in, there's a lot of new faces here. How do you, how do you view their contributions up to this point? Because a lot of these role players have done a lot of good things for you. They have, you know, and we talked about that a lot. We said, you know, there's 30 new guys on a team of honor guys. I mean, the math's easy there. You get, you get just under 30 guys that are, you know, new to your program. Now, a lot of these guys came in and got, got in early. And so they got, they got winter training. They got spring ball. They got mindset training. They got off season together. We spent a ton of time trying to get these guys caught up on the culture, how we do things, not only the football, but um, because the football is one piece that I think the togetherness and the belief and, and the culture and how they work together and how they believe in each other, how they communicate is, is, is as, as important as anything we do. And so we had to find, you know, we recruited our tail off, found mature guys who we believed could contribute right away um, as, as a team member, first of all, in our locker room as a culture. Are they good people? We like to work. Are they gritty? Are they tough? Do they come from good backgrounds? Are they mature? Are they going to be? You know, are there any issues off the field that we're going to that are they going to take away from from the product they're going to have to give us uh, that we want to get done? And we've added those guys to the fold, and, and our and our guys who've been with us have really embraced those guys and brought them in, and uh, and understand that iron sharpens iron, and and we've got to shrink the gap between new guys and old guys, young guys and and old guys, and most most you know most experienced and least committed, and most ex- least experienced, and, and pull them all together. And uh, you've seen that all over. You've seen it all phases. You've seen punters that are new. You're seeing um, you're seeing wide receivers that are new, D line that are new, O line coming in and, and being and getting fused together, um, running backs coming in making contributions. Being at every side of the ball, you're seeing guys that we brought in and recruited and believed in and developed shortly are making are making an impact and. To do it this early and and to see and to be fired up, I'm not fired up about the growth too. I mean, a lot of these guys have a lot of time left. Marcus Arroyo, Marcus Arroyo Radio Show with uh, Cofield and JBT. Let's go back to the first quarter of the game against New Mexico. What did you see on film? Was it a lack of focus? Uh, guys not fired up coming into the game, or just some you know technique and execution stuff? No, I don't think. I, first of all, I don't think our. I think our guys were, were, were mentally prepared. I think they were. Their energy systems were good. I think um, that that team did some things early on that we had to adjust to. I mean, 
and and to see the adjustment we made both on offense to what we believed it was going to happen on their defense and all of a sudden throwing in a little three three stack as opposed to the four down stuff coming out and running a little more spread offense than triple option and to be able to take the first quarter and go from what was i think we were like 4.7 yards of play on offense and then we were giving up like six and then flip that in the second quarter i think we averaged 5.7 yards and then we gave up only 2.1 yards um, and then in the third quarter, we had seven yards of pop on offense and we only gave up 4.5 yards. So you're seeing the, we saw the success rate flip. And I think that's such a, that's such a, a good thing to see for the players and for the coaches and for all of us to be able to say, okay, good. We, we, we quickly made adjustments. We got, we settled in and, uh, and then we gassed it up and went, man. You, uh, you've talked about how the players treat each other, especially on the sidelines, uh, during adverse times, uh, expand on that. Well, I just. I don't know. I mean, I sound all fluffy and weird and stuff, but I think that there's just a way, you know, I just think that there's a way that, that in a, in a, in a critical situation in crucial moments in, uh, in, 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 in situations and in, in times where uh, there, there's a lot of pressure, the way that people communicate to each other is really indicative of their trust, their, their maturity, uh, their belief in each other. Um, because a lot of times it can get heated. A lot of times it's direct because of the time and the context of how fast that stuff needs to get communicated. There's not a lot of time for feelings. Um, and so what, that's what I mean by Steve. I think, I think that the, the way that our coaches and our coach to coach, our player to player, our player to coach relationship is right now. I just really see guys really understanding how critical communication is and, and the power of being able to, to be positive to each other and neutral and communicate effectively. And, and, and that goes a lot, that goes a long ways. I don't care if it's football or anything or, or life. And, and coach, I would assume too, like there's a maturity also in being able to take some negative criticism, internalize that and realize, Hey, I'm not doing my job. I can understand where this criticism is coming from and then put that out on the field in a better effort. Yeah, I mean, we try not to use negative criticism, right. and constructive criticism, and demanding. Those can be, I think, to to the I think to the outside eye. A lot of times, you see somebody get in someone's face, or you see someone be really direct. I mean, should I do with our guys? I do with the quarterback. To see that, someone outside might go, "Geez, that's really harsh." That that's that. I I I beg to differ. I I don't know if you've been in those cleats in that moment and had to communicate something so impactful and directly teach in that moment to say that that's not effective because um, I think you're seeing from our group and I can't speak for everyone else, the way we're communicating with our guys. And we don't do that. We don't, there's not a lot of negative. There's no demeaning. We don't, we don't believe in that at all. There's a ton of uh, really constructive, direct common connotation that, that goes with our guys. And, and it may look a certain way, but you see our guys respond in the right way. And I think that's built the trust of these coaches have built with the players. Yeah, it's pretty fascinating walking the sidelines, and you know, I try to kind of duck in every once in a while to get a general idea of what coaches are talking about. I know uh, John does that as well. And, um, mm-hmm. It was crazy watching after the first couple of series. You guys are trying to diagnose what's going on um, on the defense. And I'm watching Bojay and the interior defenders kind of discuss it. And like three or four guys mm-hmm. are talking to him. And then he's relaying it upstairs. But like it took a little while to kind of figure out what was going on. And the other, the big responsibility is as you're playing, like how much are you actually processing? And I watched some of the players were, were trying to, you know, figure it out and then get the message. But, you know, the fact that that all comes together, because when I was watching it, I'm like, Man, this seems a little chaotic, and then all of a sudden, in the you know, in the second quarter, it got better. The third quarter, it got a lot. Better. I mean, it, it is for folks who've never been on a football sideline. It is crazy the communication.
communication because I'm I'll, I'll, I'm not trying to get on the guy because he he probably is your best player. I think he's now like 13th in the country interior defender by Pro Football Focus. But yeah. at one point, yeah. uh, I love Eliel because he uh, you know I wear readers all the time. He'll put on his glasses yeah. on the sideline. He looks like the most meek dude ever. But Bojay's talking to him and he's trying to find out what's going on. And Brumfield on the field made a play and Eliel looks at the screen and Bojay's like. Come on! You gotta lock in! Let's go! Yeah. It's just like, this is awesome <laughs> trying to diagnose this stuff. It, it is. It, it, if, you haven't, if you haven't been part of that, man, there, you, you, that, you're, in for a, you're in for a rude awakening. There is. It is. It's, it's like playing in the freeway now. Um, <laughs> there is a lot of stuff going on. You're on air traffic control, and you're standing in the middle of the freeway, and you're trying to juggle. I mean, it is. There's a lot of stuff going on. I think that, you know, we come back to Steve's if you guys come to like you come to a practice all the time, if you go to like a practice on, well, at least for us, the, our practices are pretty are, are pretty fast. But there's a ton of communication that we force on ourselves as coaches and players to happen quickly and directly. And they've got to you've got to grab their attention and demand the understanding and then go because that cycle of the snap in that game is what you're seeing on the sideline. Like you got to get stuff communicated in seconds and then you got to go and make the adjustment. And so I think we do that. You come to practices where here or where we've been in the past, people are like, man, you guys get after in practice. And, and, that, and that's because our meetings are like that, the way we communicate like that, our workouts are like that, because there's a direct reflection to that in the game. I, I, don't, I we don't know any other way. I just think that that's, that's a learning environment that I think um, we as teachers have to be able to invoke. And, and it's not like all the time. Sometimes you got to slow down. And, and, and I do believe in that. Slow down and really find out where they're at and take a big deep breath. Um, but you can't train for that moment unless you do it that way. You're not great in chaos unless you train in it. And so that's just part of, I think, the environment you've got to find ways to create. Marcus Arroyo Radio Show here on a Tuesday. Let's talk about some execution that really could help moving forward. This was execution in the New Mexico game. You guys got it to 17-15, and at that point, you know, you got to get a two-point conversion. I thought this was a beautiful play, great catch, great throw. Fire the sorry. Two-point conversion at Temple to Rebels. Brumfield back, lobs it for the end zone. It is caught. Ricky White and the Rebels have tied it with a successful two-point conversion. Not an easy throw, even harder catch to get the feet down. No, big-time play and and big-time package play. There was was checks involved with that. There was two or three plays that are in that package. We got to the right one. He changed protection, communicated effectively, and then a lot of people don't know how hard it is to throw a ball from the three-yard line at a shotgun in time and throw it to a four-by-four corner fast enough um, that, that, is, that is just awesome, man. I mean, that, that's a that's drill-to-skill tape um, that we use uh, to show, say, here's why we do this in practice and here it is in a game. Um, it was beautiful. It was awesome. Good to see and coach, you know, a lot of the offseason, a lot of our topics of conversation in media were, hey, this wide receiver room's really deep. There's a lot of skill here. And I think Friday, it seemed that all of that effort you put into building up that wide receiver room came out on the field when you have guys like Calvin and Seneca putting in performances like they did. Yeah, no, no, there's for sure. I mean, like, like you know, our recruiting is, is, is it the, you know, the first thing we talk, it's the lifeblood of our program. And so you, you recruit to that level and to that, those numbers and that effectively for one to raise the level and the, and the play and the skill set uh, every year. And every time you get someone to add, add value to the room. And number two is to do what we said, and that's add depth. Um, we didn't have that. We have not had that. And we, we were really, really, it was a, as a 
priority and A-list uh, type deal on our board was to make sure that, that we maximize the wide receiver room for those two reasons. And uh, to see guys have to step up and go right now while guys are banged up, um, you know, is going to be what we have to get done. There's there's no excuses. It just is what it is. And I'm glad we had the depth. And, and, and Coach Krause has done an amazing job getting those guys prepared. Marcus Arroyo Radio Show is brought to you by EOS. Up your gym game at EOS Fitness, a proud partner of UNLV. Join today for as low as $9.99 per month. Come visit online or join at joineos.com. EOS Fitness, better gym, better price. We'll get a little more into the wide receivers, the depth, and the latest injury updates on the way back right here on the Marcus Arroyo Radio Show. It's the UNLV Football Coaches Show with head coach Marcus Arroyo on ESPN Las Vegas. So right now, a beat-up wide receiver core. Um, it looks like Weimer's out for a while, correct, Coach? And then Kyle Williams is kind of week-to-week. And what do we know about Nick Williams? Yeah, I mean, all, all three of those guys, you know, are, are fortunately um, banged up. You know, Weimer's a little bit longer term. Kyle's actually a little bit ahead of schedule um, and week-to-week. And then Nick, uh, Nick, Nick actually practiced today, um, which was really good to see. And, again, we just got to see he's going to be a game-time decision. So who steps up? I mean, you guys saw you saw Seneca there. You saw Calvin. You see, uh, you know, Ricky's out there. And again, Ricky took every rep. I, my hat's off to him. Um, Shelton and Kaleo are two wide tight ends. We really believe in. They may have some of a package. You got Courtney, who's also been uh, a supplement for us in certain time. And then if we have to get down the road, you got guys like Zyle who played before, who got to be next off the bench. So um, we're gonna have to we're gonna have the next man up. And uh, those guys know that they prepared they, they prepared like that. They, they that's just part of the deal. Let's talk about Satters and his story and how he's worked his way up the depth chart. What a, a north, uh, Northwest kid, uh, good size. How has he worked to get, you know, from maybe down at like 9, 10, 11 on the depth chart to where he's on the two line? Well, I mean, he's just been consistent. Um, Calvin does a good job of, of, of coming every day and, and giving us everything he's got. He's been a special teams guy for us um consistently he's come into the off season and, and worked really hard he knows that the the demands and the level in the room have gone up exponentially um and he hasn't flinched and and, and stayed present engaged and and uh tribute to him for 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 being in that spot where many sometimes uh you know pull the ripcord and he was ready when his number was called so we talked about adjustments and communication what about strength and conditioning and his role in that comeback yeah, that's a great point because I think what you, if you were watching closely there, um, you know, towards the end of the game, we were getting stronger and faster, and, and I think I saw them getting winded and uh, and getting tired, and those are huge pieces for our program because those go – and I see Coach File, our strength and conditioning coordinator who's been with me since Oregon and, and knows what we do and how I saw his eyes, like, light up like he'd – you know, like he, he had seen, uh, you know, uh, something super special to him. I know when those guys start getting tired and run over and our D-line starts running through guys, our whole line starts pounding out, running backs are falling forward. Uh, we all get excited about that because of the, the stress and the importance and, and the effort um, and the commitment we put into strength and conditioning and offseason training. I feel like Files' eyes are lighting up all the time. He, he's, he's pretty much fired up 24-7. I don't know, I don't know <laughs> if the guy actually sleeps. He's... <laughs> But, you know, yeah. it, it rubs off on the team. It is. He's not, we're not short on juice when it comes to being excited about, about the way we play and, and the physicality and, and excitement in that regard. Let's grade the defensive backs, especially considering you're down probably two starters with Tyson Player, and, you know, Ricky had a good chance at starting as well. And, you know, I use uh, PFF numbers. John loves them. Um, by PFF, the defensive backs are starting to move up the national rankings. Like, Jeray Williams is a top 35 player in the country. Baldwin last week was, uh, you know, top 20 at his position. What about the growth now through 
you know, five games with this defensive backfield. Well, I mean, that, that's that's what you want to see, right? I mean, you got a couple guys go out early, one in training camp that's a starter, uh, another guy who, who goes out, unfortunately, um, uh, who, who's a projected starter in training camp as well. And you ask guys to shuffle around, move around, have to grow into some different positions, um, similar to what we just talked about, the wide receivers have got next man up. And to see these guys get better every week, to see guys get the ball out, to see them playing with confidence, uh, they're imperfect. There's some things that uh, that they're learning and growing from and discipline and all that stuff is, is part of a process of, of learning. But moreover is just seeing the plays they're making. They're getting the ball, the third down conversions. I mean, I think we st- the defense won nine of 11 of those. They, they're, they're one-on-one on fourth down. And I think you're just seeing a confidence about the back end right now that, that's starting to get scary. Back to pass, Kendrick. Kendrick fires on the near side and the pass intercepted. Intercepted by Cam Oliver, and he goes cruising in for a Rebel touchdown. Russ Langer on the call. A couple of games now punctuated by pick sixes by Cam Oliver, and I, you know, I keep repeating every week his progress, and especially since early in the year. You know, teams were going up top. They were going to that field side trying to beat Cam Oliver, and uh, he told us uh, earlier this week that you know he's getting confident. So how about the progress of Cam and all the responsibility he's got? Yeah, no, Cam's doing it. He's, he's a guy that we're talking about in, in sliding in a position to gain confidence. He's being tested. He'll be challenged big time with as good a group as this is um, in our conference at wide receiver, maybe the best one in the conference um, at San Jose. So they're, they're up for a big task. They're excited about it. And I think Cam, is, uh, every game, has put, put forth a, his best foot and has started to really do a nice job. Him and Jordan and all the guys you mentioned, Noel and, and Jare. And so, um, you know, those guys are those are guys are excited for the week, and they've got a big test, and I like the growth uh, that we've seen in these first these first five. When it comes to that pick six, from your perspective, when he comes to the sideline, is there maybe like a, eh, they don't have any timeouts, maybe we slide on that so we can just knee this out and get out of here? Yeah, that's interesting. So, so there is a, there is an analytic there and a, and a thing there that you kind of like, you got to, it's a, it's kind of in game. How fast can you get that coached? What do you do? What's the thing say slide? Then you don't get the PAT. We do all that stuff afterwards. I don't, I don't miss on that stuff. It's always good things for me to kind of go through in the mental gymnastics, but uh, as fast as that hit and that was there, um, he's a walk-in. Uh, I think that, that there, that in itself there was something that I think you, you were gonna, he was going to go score and take the momentum um, where the game was at, and and to say that we're not going to we're going to not give up the PAT and do that stuff. But there's there's a piece there that's coachable. We we talked about it as a staff actually. Marcus Aurea Radio Show is brought to you by Yes Heating and Cooling. Soon it'll be time to fire up the furnace in your home. And if you think your heating system's going to have a little trouble coming out of the summer hibernation, give the Yes Man a call to get your system tuned up. Call Yes Air Conditioning and Plumbing at 702-888-4937. You can visit them online at theyesmancan.com to set up an appointment today. One more thing on Cam Oliver, and I can't remember everything you tell me because I'm getting old and my brain is shrinking, but I, I swear you – uh, I don't know why I'm swearing, but you told me about Cam Oliver as a guy. I don't. He didn't play his senior year, right? And uh, I, I remember you telling me, "Hey, we like this guy. He's got this, you know, crazy sense for being able to track the ball and get interceptions." No, that's accurate. That that's so. All when right. we, um, you remember that correctly? That's yeah. uh, when we were recruiting him. They had obviously there was a, a limited time they had um, with that year, and then. Uh, but what stood out on the film was the dude just had this, the ball would, you saw it, I think freshman year had one, like just bounced right to him like twice. Like he just was in the right place at the right time. He's one of those guys that, that I mean, and, and you recruit for years, you coach for 20 years and you, all over the country, you find guys like, dude, the ball just gets to the guy. Well, that guy's around the ball. He just believes that the ball is going to bounce his way. 
And uh, he had that high school tape. I remember he had a, he had a bunch of turnovers. Like, man, this dude is just around the ball all the time, and it ends up in his fingers, and then he's gone. So um, he's got a knack for it, and uh, he's only going to get better. I'm fired up to talk about this game. I'm sure you are. San Jose State, 7.30 start on Friday on the road. You're listening to the Marcus Arroyo Radio Show right here on the UNLV Sports Network on Learfield. It's the UNLV Football Coaches Show with head coach Marcus Arroyo on ESPN Las Vegas. Marcus Arroyo Radio Show is presented by Pueblo Medical Imaging. Right now, Rebel fans, it's time to get to the coaches. Look ahead, presented by Pueblo Medical Imaging. Well, this is a hell of a setup for the San Jose State game. Uh, we'll get into your relationship with Brent Brennan, but what a cool spot. You guys are uh, fighting for supremacy, you know, in the middle of the season uh, in your division. Uh, night game, Friday night against your pal. Yeah, it's a special thing. It's, it's, it's big for. It's as big for the programs as anything else, and I, I, I don't want that. I don't want anything else to get ahead of that. For where we're at, um, this is as big a, as big as opportunity to be part of as, as we could ask for, um, and that we anticipated, wanted, expected, and now need to handle. And uh, I couldn't be more excited about it. It just so happens that it's taking place now against uh, at San Jose, uh, which you know, again, there's maybe some nostalgia there. I went there, played there, and got family in the area, and then obviously uh, one of my best friends is the head coach, so. Um, an interesting setup, a lot of storylines, I'm sure, but none of them will be bigger than the fact that we've got to play a really good game versus, you know, uh, 2020s conference champions. I assume because you guys are sort of on the same path, he got a, you know, a couple of year head start on you. Year three for him, he almost got to a bowl game. Actually, UNLV uh, took out San Jose State and they finished the season at five and seven. During the first two years, you're, you're dealing with COVID, program building. How big was his advice, you know, saying, hey, I'm, I'm, I went through the same thing. Trust in your process. Well, there was a lot of advice from, from, from him and from, you know, from, from a lot of people. Um, everybody I asked, Dirk and Monk and Gundy and the Oregon folks and the NFL guys and all the people in 20 years that I've had a chance. I mean, I asked everybody. The unfortunate part, like we said then, is none of them have been a pandemic. And uh, I just I said, hey, how, do you, how can I coach my team without touching them? And, um, yeah, well, a lot of advice there, as we all know. But I think that 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 Brent's done, Brent, and like many of the people that I reached out to, um, you know, David Shaw and Chris Peterson, a lot of guys that 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 helped me in regards to to being uh, in the early stages of just understanding that to, to be truthful with the process and and to and to make sure that we're we're doing things the way we want to get them done and and to be effective and to to make sure we're we're setting a good foundation and culture and um, you know the the mindset and everything that we've done to put yourself in a situation so you can grow into what you're growing into and to see it happen. I mentioned the other day as someone, you know, I think remember someone mentioned to me, he's like, oh, I was talking to one of the players, a coach, I've only, it's only been a year and a year and like eight months since we've been talking. I said, shoot, you're right. I don't, I forgot. I didn't see you for the, you know, the first 18 months. Um, <laughs> I believe Bill will talk to you correctly or teach you correctly. Um, to hear those guys say that was like, man, it's really good to see it, man. And I think that, that uh, me and Brent come from a similar tree where, where you know, we got Coach Tomey as, as our mentor and a lot of similar backgrounds, um, a lot of, uh, similar in our character in a lot of ways. Uh, just, you know, blue collar, tough kids that, that, uh, that love ball and love, love to be around people and compete and do things the right way. And um, it's just exciting. It's, it's, I'm, I'm humbled to be part of, of his journey, and I think it's the, the same the other way. You know, it's funny as we look at this game with San Jose State, you, you know, you study, we do, in the media, fans look at the roster and you're like, man, that guy's back. That guy's still there. Like, you know, you, you look up and down the roster, <laughs> yeah. you're like, all right, like Kate Hall and Flamengo, yeah, I wish, move I, on. Yeah. Yeah. I wish a couple of those guys had moved on myself. Um, <laughs> 
But I think that that, you know, what they're going to say about us in a few years, you know, I think that we're going to have a, you know, a bunch of guys with two or three years left that are making impacts and people are like, man, he's still there. Um, and that's exciting as heck, man, because that's a, that, that's a good deal. But yeah, they've got, he's done a great job. They've been together a long time since with the same staff too. There's a lot of continuity, a lot of guys who played a lot of reps. Um, and that's a good challenge. That's as good a challenge as you could ask for when you want to, when you want to go out and compete. You know, it's interesting that you said, hey, in two or three years, that could be us. There is the whole wrestling match you have constantly with the transfer portal. So how do you work? I mean, you know, in season, is it just, hey, stick to our process and we won't have 25 guys leave because, you know, every program wants to be old. Uh, how do you do it? Well, I don't pretend to know. This is all new to everybody. Right, right. Um, there's there's new things that are that are rearing their head in this world every day. That that I've got a recruiting department and and an ops and and guys behind the scenes that we meet we meet daily for for no less than thirty minutes going through. Hey, what needs to get done here recruiting wise? Hey, what, let's talk to roster management tonight. Let's go through the redshirt component. Let's go through bubble guys. Are there? What, where do we think? Where are we at with the roster that's currently here? I mean, that's this is this is now roster management one on one every day. Now it's not just when you get into recruiting season, and it's, and so to think, okay, do we think any, there's going to be any any change here, any change there? Hey, where do we need? Did we get the impact we wanted here? How many we take in here? Um, I mean, it's every day now, man. It's 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 crazy, and uh, I don't pretend that that it's going to be something we've got figured out. I just know our process, and, and the first time we've had to go through it, it worked well for us, and I'm trying to make it better every day. So from a more football oriented standpoint, when we look at, at San Jose on Friday, one of the like some of the tracking data shows that they're heavy on outside runs. You got some pretty strong outside linebackers. So when you look at it from that matchup perspective, how do you see that playing out on your end? Well, I mean, they've got they've got really good players all over the field. I mean, if, on, on the defensive side, they've got a ton of guys with a ton of experience. Um, a coordinator who's been calling that defense there with Brent and that culture for for what six seven years now and. Um, been there a long time, man. So they've got they've got they got a back end group who can fly around. They got a good transfer back safety. They got a D line that just after, absolutely gets after it. Um, on the offensive side, they've got guys in, that have been there a long time. Your line coach been with them the, the, the entire time. The quarterback is a transfer guy who's played in a bunch of games. He's got way more starts than Doug has. I mean, he you know, he's played a bunch of games. Um, and uh, they've got a ton of wide. They got a wide receiver group that's as good as it gets, and they're healthy. And he's got a back that's running hard. He's got always some big tight ends. I mean, uh, the matchup man is going to be is going to be one we're going to we're going to have to really buckle up for it because they they do a lot of things effectively. They they can be explosive and they can get after the quarterback. They can they can they can stop the run. Um, and I think that we're going to have to really go out there and 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 get after it. And I, I'm excited about that. I'm excited about the challenge up front. Yeah, I'm looking. I'm glad you led to that because I was just going to say I'm looking forward to the matchup. Euro line against their D line. Uh, Davion McDaniel and Tiger Shanks just had two of their best graded games, according to PFF. And man, Hall and Fajoko, not only are they good players, but they're mean. Yeah, they're, they're aggressive. They, 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 and I worked, you know, there's a lot of guys in that staff I know really well. And even I've worked with, I worked with, with Josie Amala, who played uh, D line, who, who was an NFL guy and has been, was on our staff when we were there with Coach Tomey. He played for Coach Tomey. I know exactly how he coached the position, very similar to Boje in regards to how he gets it done. And you can see, uh, much like their team and our team, you can see the personalities of these coaches, their coaches and our coaches coming out in the players. And you see um, that D-line playing a lot like they, they get coached. I know how they get coached over there. And um, yeah, it's exciting to see and exciting to see for our guys and, and the personalities coming out in our guys. All right, maybe the most important part of this discussion today is oh. the friendly wager because uh, you're a guy who played football at San Jose State. You know the market well. Uh, you know, as I mentioned, every week uh, we're kind of chubby. We're doing a, a broadcaster bites podcast. We comment on the food before and after our trips. You have put a burrito on the line. 
Well, let me let me let me clear the air on this joke on this bit now okay, because okay. Of our, you know been, it's first been, off, been asked like five times. First, first off, we know we know, and I know, and I can I make sure this is quoted now. I do not bet on college football and on oh sports. Boy. I have oh, no oh bet yeah. going on. Yeah, and yet you 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 hear it from my voice, so we yeah, can make yeah. sure we can put that in bold. There's yeah, no yeah. bet going on between me and Brent. That was a spook bit, and all of a sudden now I got to make sure that we don't get trouble. <laughs> now, yeah. if you're looking for a good burrito. In San Jose, there's a good, nice place called La Vic. Uh, it's been around a long time. I was, we went there. I was like student place to go. They got awesome. It's open late. They got nice, They got some sweet orange orange sauce there, man. If you're a burrito guy, I'm, I'm a I'm a taco and burrito guy. So, and I'm a hot sauce connoisseur. So there's there's two things on the desk here in front of me. There's a, a computer and some hot sauce. I'm not. That's nice. that's. But all disclosure. There's Tabasco sitting in front of me right now. Nice. And. Uh, <laughs> And so that's just the way we get down. And uh, if you're looking for a good burrito, not to say that it's the, it's the only one in town. I just uh, I'm sensitive to it because I, I grew up eating it in, in college. And and while we were coaching there, and we me and Brent had some burritos there with some friends. And that's that's uh it's a good spot. So if you're looking for a good burrito, La Vic. Now it's been a long time now, so I I got to make sure that the cook hasn't changed. So, See, uh, <laughs> you made an important distinction about the betting at the beginning of this. Let's make another important distinction here. Is it orange flavored sauce or is it the color? You, well, it's 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 the color. It's okay. the, it, it's that orange spice with a little bit of creme in it. You know, it's got like that extra Euro little kind of kick to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's got some of that. It's it's uh it, it's fantastic. I don't know. You, it, it's a uh, it, it, if you're if you're if you're fan of heart for hot sauce, I don't know if that's your deal, but uh-huh. um, but it's a it's a good deal to get, get dip into. Yeah, we're going. I'm big on the hot sauce. Yeah, yeah. We're, I'm big on hot sauce. Yeah, yeah. oh yeah, you got you got to check it out. It's it's a good spot. It was it was only one when we were in college. It was right downtown across. From, now I think there's like two or three. So they've they've uh, they've blown up in the in the in the past few you know decades that I've that I've been gone. And uh, it's a spot. So uh, check it out. But let me let me know if it's still good. I, I hope they. Uh, I hope I hope I didn't disappoint you guys. Yeah, my wife makes fun of me because every time I go to the grocery store, I buy a new hot sauce to oh, try. You do, really? Yeah, so. I am big on hot sauce. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Oh, wrong. yeah. See, you buy right, at, right in my alley, man. We come back, close things out on the Marcus Aurora radio show. We'll get into the uh, latest honors from the Mountain West Conference when it comes to a UNLV player. You're listening to the Marcus Arroyo radio show right here on Learfield. It's the UNLV football coaches show with head coach Marcus Arroyo on ESPN Las Vegas. Closing out the Marcus Arroyo radio show. Today's edition is brought to you by Intermountain. Hello, Las Vegas. Hello, Sunset Over the Strip. Intermountain Healthcare is here to be part of your Las Vegas life, and they're here to help you live an even healthier one. Intermountain Healthcare, official healthcare partner of UNLV Athletics. Uh, very cool at the start of the week, Coach. You uh, get another honor, one of your players does, from the Mountain West Conference, and this guy deserves it. I mean, really, a career achievement uh, honor should be coming at some point. Daniel Gutierrez has been massive for you over the course of his career, and he was really big in that New Mexico game. He has good's done an amazing job. We're we're all well aware. Uh, he's had some preseason accolades that are well deserved, and now he's uh, was honored last week as the as the special teams of the week. And uh, awesome to see him join the group of I think three other guys in the last you know five weeks on our team who've been part of that. So not bad for a group. I don't think we had any preseason guys on that list. So I'm I'm fired up for Goot to join it. So you got this game coming up uh, Friday night on the road at San Jose, seven thirty kickoff, seven o'clock on uh, ESPN Las Vegas on uh, radio and CBS Sports Network, nationally on TV. I saw it on Twitter. You shouted out 
the activity going uh, on outside Allegiant for New Mexico and inside, um, it, it really is a big deal to, to kind of build momentum here with bigger crowds and also the party before the game of tailgating. It is. I, I, I can't say it enough, man, that we feed off that stuff. Our guys love – I mean, that's that's an atmosphere of college football that I think if, if, if we get kicked up the right way, man, this place can be – I've been a lot of special places. This can be as special as it gets. And to get fans out there supporting our guys, for our guys to, to do things a certain way so that there's a pride about uh, developed about the way we play and, and to be a rebel and, and to play a certain type of way at football, I mean, can really just – it can instill an environment in a college landscape that can be something that is really, really special. I've been part of those before. I've seen them. I saw how they match right. I've, I've studied how they get developed. There's no reason that, that we can't do that the right way here, and that's one of the reasons that we're here. I, I truly wholeheartedly believe in that. I think that this city is just absolutely insanely awesome, and I think the opportunity for us to pack that thing weekly to make this one of the hardest environments to play in the conference um, is, is still uh, something I truly believe in. So um, my hat's off to the group who's been showing up and coming out, and uh, I hope they continue that. Next Rebel home game, two Saturdays from now, Air Force is in town, 7.30 start, UNLVtickets.com, it's UNLVtickets.com. Last few things in, in prepping for this game, I noticed you mentioned, you know, keeping your feet on the ground, the team, you know, humble, hungry. Yeah. You had mentioned that you got them somehow on Monday. Like, what do you do as motivation after a win to get them refocused and go, all right, let's get our eye on the prize here? Well, I mean... Usually it's, it's, it's a find a few things in the game that, uh, that we always highlight the really good things. We go through a debrief after each game. It's pretty extensive. It's got an advanced box score information on it. We've got, um, you know, some things we did well, some things we wanted better, and then some mission-focused stuff is really the three things we highlight and go through it together as a team. Everybody, the whole program sits in there. We go through some notes. And then we talk about a plan on what we got to get done this week to uh, to emphasize and magnify some corrections that happened in the last week or prior weeks and what we're going to do this week. And so – if at any point after that meeting um, is kind of my opportunity as kind of the sheriff to kind of be around and go, you know what, if I see if I see us slipping a little bit or I, we're not focused on the things we promised each other we were going to do, then I'm on it like white on rice, man. So there was some stuff on Monday that, that, uh, that they came out. We came out a little bit lethargic and kind of a little bit slow. And and uh, and I, I, I challenged a few guys and, sent, and do some things that were just – a little bit off off gander, a little bit, and in regards to getting guys fired up and excited to see if they tow, the, you know, carry the flag. And so, I just got guys. I got guys woke up again and said, "Hey, no, we're not. We're not walking into this like this." And so, I got after them pretty good uh, in regards to play being player led because uh, I'm not. I'm not waking them up. We're four and one. They put the work in. They better be excited and humbled and grounded and excited to get into this movement. And they are. I just want to make sure they were. They were still a little itchy. So uh, that's just kind of the. That's kind of what you do sometimes. Coach, we appreciate it. We'll see you on the trip on Thursday up to San Jose. Yes, sir. Appreciate you guys. Go Rebels. There he is, Marcus Arroyo. It's Marcus Arroyo Radio Show. We're signing off as you're listening to the UNLV Sports Network on Learfield. We'll see you next week.